One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi. I'm Nick Stallone, and welcome to Cinemates, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. I'll be covering for Michael while he's away on a well-deserved holiday. In this episode, Michael is joined by Joe Walsh, Tom Newell, and Alex Hooper. Joe's mum is a huge Marvel fan, while Tom and Alex are Christopher Nolan fanatics. Together with Joe, Tom, and Alex, they discuss one of the best action thrillers of all time, the Dream Within Dream masterpiece, Inception. Directed by Christopher Nolan and starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Elliot Page and Tom Hardy, amongst a stacked cast of other stars. While drinking some coffees, they uncover the film's mind-bending plot, Nolan's use of practical effects and other elements that make the movie so iconic. As always, make sure you're following Cinemates wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review to support us. Now sit back and enjoy this episode of Cinemates. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Get it. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Open the pod bay doors, Val. Keep your friends close, but your enemies close. I am nothing! Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Keep busy, Larry. Joe, Tom and Alex, boys, welcome to the podcast. How are we this morning? Great, Very thank good. you, Michael. Great, Great. It's very early, but I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> that's Coffee's it. Coffee's going down well. Yeah, <laughs> nice one. Coffee's needed for a, an epic film, so mm. let's get into it. Joe, first time on the podcast, yep. we've got to run you through what we're calling the Cinemates Gauntlet. Okay. Five deep questions about cinema to see who our guests are and what they like to watch. So first question, most memorable movie that you've seen in cinemas? Uh, pretty boring, but Endgame for me. Nice. Um, I saw it with my mum. <laughs> Your mum likes Marvel. <laughs> my mum is a Marvel <laughs> fan. Yeah, Franny's so, a big Marvel yeah. fan. That is awesome. <laughs> All the Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. She loves Marvel. So we saw it together and, um, yeah, very emotional for the both of us, I think. Absolutely. Any tears with um, the portal scene? Yeah, not going to lie. They were, they were coming. They were coming through. The portal nice scene is titter. Can't, can't beat it. <laughs> Next question, fastest TV show binge? Uh, mine was definitely Prison Break. Okay. Like late 2017, I got that through that real quick. For the first time? Yeah, first time. Yeah, first time watching it. I churned it out very quickly. How many seasons are there again? Five, I think. Okay. Did you finish the yeah. whole thing? Yeah, yeah. But like back then, I think they had made a season in like 2018 or 19 or something. So I'd, Oh, you I'd, still had? Yeah, still had like stuff to go. But, nice one. Yeah. Next question, favorite Australian movie? Uh, Lion. Nice. I absolutely love that movie. Yeah. 
Great That's a bit of a fan favourite for the Australian <clears throat> question here on Cinemates. Yeah. Zanino yeah. said that as well, yeah. didn't he? I've never yeah. seen it, but really? it's been suggested Great so many movie. It's really, it's really good. Yeah. I haven't seen it either, shamefully. Oh, wow. <laughs> Come on. Do a bit, <laughs> of, a, bit of a bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a fraud. Yeah. Uh, movie that you think everyone needs to see? Uh, I'm going to say Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, okay. It's very, like a lot of people don't like it. It's been criticised a lot, but mm. I think like the cine- cinematography and um, the story is like really, I don't know, just really hits home with me. Like it's really cool how it's like, you know, being in the moment mm. sort of, yeah, you know, you only have one life. Like kind of just do what you want to do sort of thing, which is really yeah. cool. So And I it floats it in and out of his reality, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really cool. So Nice one. Bit of, a, bit of a new one there. TV show that you're watching in the moment? Um, I'm re-watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm kind of in between like proper gotcha. series, so I'm yeah. just kind of falling back to some of the goats. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Good answers there. Let's get into it now. So to the listeners out there who haven't seen Inception yet, boys, what would we say about the movie in one, one, <laughs> one word and rating out of five stars? Uh, I'll start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my one word's a bit boring, okay. but... Um, I feel like it sort of sums the movie up really, really well. It's uh, exciting because like, <laughs> it's like a pretty stock standard word, but like, <laughs> like you're sitting there, you're watching. It's a two and a half hour movie, and you're always on the edge of your seat. Like, yep. mm. you're, there's such a high level of threat, like throughout the whole movie, mm. that like you sort of can't keep your eyes off it. And if you do, like, you're going to miss something very important. Yep. Um, and then all the action sequences as well. They're just pretty full yeah. on. So yeah, exciting. nice one. Rating out of five. Five out of five. Nice. Wow. It's my, uh, wow. it's my second start. <laughs> it's my second favorite movie mm. behind uh, Interstellar. So. Wow. God bless yeah. Nolan. Bit of a king. Nolan. Yeah, the absolute yeah. king. Big time. Uh, for me, definitely. I think my word is going to be idea. People that have watched it know this uh, <laughs> comes up a lot, but um, I think it's just like um, a word that kind of describes the entire movie, even from Nolan's perspective of, mm. you know. Um, coming up with it from the start, it's like a brand new idea. No one's ever thought of it before. But then also the themes through the movie kind of revolves around ideas. the idea and ideas. Got to plant the general. idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice one. Um, I, I, I'm going to give it a five out of five as well. Can't go past it, honestly. Top ten for you as well? Yeah. I think I've reviewed it on Letterboxd as well. Maybe, maybe not. But plug for your Letterbox account. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> At Alex Uzzler, Letterbox. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, good. five out of five for sure. Okay. Joe? Um, well, my word was going to be ideas. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but I'm going to say otherworldly. Okay. Um, I think because you're kind of immersed in this dream world, it's, yep. it's yeah, you're taken away from reality. So um, yeah, otherworldly for me. And I think, yeah, I'm just going to stick with the theme. Five out of th- five. Can't beat it. Mm. It's, if not my favourite, it's top two for sure for me. Fuck yeah. Mm. No, it's definitely no worthy one, of that. No one doesn't make mistakes, mate. He makes it mistakes. Doesn't. <laughs> my one word is going to be cinema because I think the hidden me- hidden meaning of the movie, ah. which we'll talk about later. I think this movie is really about cinema um, yeah. despite it having the dream element mm. and also rating five out of five. It's incredible. I think it's one of Nolan's best mm-hmm. um, and now we're going to talk about it. Yes, sir. Uh, I think that's also the first complete sweep of five. So this is a bit wow, of a wow. historic wow. Okay. historic episode for Cinemates. So let's get in. Uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so that start, what do we think about that? So 
when he wakes up in the beach, like when you first watch for the first time, you don't really know like yes. it's actually like a it's actually like the ending. Mm. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, that's what end. I was thinking about because it's like Nolan in all of his movies, he doesn't like use no. time in like a chronological yeah, order. Yeah. Mm. So he jumps around a lot of the time and like you can see it in all of his movies like Dunkirk. It's like three different um, sort of chapters mm. like all going at different times. Interstellar talks yeah. about like time relativity. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Mementos obviously like goes backwards which is <laughs> just fucked. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so like the, this movie starts off at the end. Mm which obviously you see if you get to the end of the movie. And um, it quickly flashes back forward to the start of the movie. So sort of jumps around a bit. And I think that's his way of like turning these sort of complicated ideas into something that you can like watch in like a simple, enjoyable way. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing. The I hate to dive into this straight away, but uh, later in the film, Cobb says to Ariadne, um, you know, you never really know. You, you're always thrust into the, the middle of a dream because the mm. movie's about mm. dreams, obviously. And same with the start of this movie. You're like, what the hell? Like, why are we starting here? How did yeah. we get here? Yeah, you're asking yourself get, yeah, all these yeah, questions. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, why is Leo on a beach? Like, this security guard's taking him into this facility. Who's this old man? You start asking all these questions. Mm. And I think that... It's just such a good start because when you watch it for the first time, like you said, Joe, like you're like, what? Like what is going on? Mm-hmm. And you're just thrust into it straight away. So, And the score as well. Oh, the score is insane. Score. <laughs> Hans Zimmer. Oh, Hans Zimmer and Nolan. We'll talk never about, we'll talk about the score miss. more and more. Greatest but like the movie hadn't even started but the titles are still going and you get mm. like this big like bass <laughs> and all these like trumpets and stuff. It's epic. Um, so, yeah, I think this, the start of the film – really starts to lure us in and, and get us asking questions. Mm. Um, so where's it cut to after that? After It goes to um, uh, Cobb being in… It's the same like room yes. but they're younger. Oh, that's it right. It flashes yeah. to them being that's younger. Right. Yeah. Because they're on the next job. Like, bit of a spoiler, like the start of the movie is… <laughs> It's in limbo and it's Saito and Cobb in limbo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um and then it cuts the very yeah. first cuts time. to the first dream where they're like steal Saito the test, yeah. Yeah. information or something. Yeah, yeah which is crazy because you're like, oh, then you kind of realize, okay, so Cobb's this thief, you know, he's mm. trying to steal this information. Mm-hmm. But then um Saito is actually the guy like who's let the, let Cobb come into his yeah. Like, yeah. dreams. And Saito's an aware, aware of all of it, like yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to sort yeah. of thought really yeah. he's he's auditioning for yeah. Yeah. for the was inception he? um yeah. objective yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. He was. No, he was. Yeah, he was. But then why does he get chased by the corporation that sent him to do it? Because he's put him in two dreams. He's put him in the like it's a dream Mombasa. Dream. <laughs> it's not Mombasa, but it's that like chaotic yeah. town. Yeah. But then when he's in Mombasa, the people that aren't with Sido are chasing him because he didn't get the information from Sido. Yeah, because yeah. they because went into like, another dream. Because level. It, that's like Sido's defense mechanism to like, to, so like, to, Cobb can like perform in like a pressured situation or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I disagree. We'll go on. No, 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 no. But um, I think as like a first viewing, you're like, yeah, he's this thief kind of guy. He's almost this like secret agent. Like, he's wearing mm. gloves and like pretty cool dude. Like, yeah, got like a silenced pistol and stuff. <laughs> you introduced to um, Maul, who's played by uh, Marianne Cotillard, mm. and you're like, oh, like what, like where are they? What are they doing? Mm. Asking all of these questions again, and 
we start to get a lot of the action scenes and and kind of realizing that maybe it's a dream because um it cuts to the level above which is that sort of chaotic town where there's like all this stuff happening in the streets Mm. and um they're in like a hotel room and Cobb's sitting above the bathtub i think it's sato's apartment he's like sitting in an apartment or something yeah and that's why at the end when he falls onto the the carpet polyester carpet yeah. It's like, oh, it's actually wool. Yeah. And then they've got to get out. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy to think that all these things are happening and you're slowly starting to understand mm. that something yeah. weird's going on here. For such like a <clears> – <throat> it said like when um, Nolan pitched it to the um, – what's it called? Warner Brothers. Yeah, to Warner Brothers. Like he said, I'm going to try it. Like he emphasized the point of making it not – complex like the idea mm. of dreams in a dream yeah the idea of inception and like i think he expresses it pretty simply for everyone to understand in that first like two scenes mm. by the time they get out out like you're like oh okay this is what's yeah. going on this yeah. is how it goes yeah yeah I think the whole scene as well where he's um explaining like the dream space to ariadne um and he's like walking her through like how she can mani- manipulate sort of like the dream mm. reality and then um, sort of like how he, how he populates it with his subconscious and whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. that like really like spells out for the audience like how this yeah. all works and it gives you yeah. like a really good understanding. 100%. And it's actually it's got like, criticized a like lot sh- for that. Yeah. Because he did um, no research. Do you know that? No, and he did no research on dreams. When oh, he was I did up read that. Yeah. Oh, really? He, he didn't just do did any it off research. like his yeah. own experience really? and like his own dreams oh and my stuff. God. And what well, you know, he started writing the script when he was like 16. Yeah. 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 So it took him like 10 years or something to write and it's like been a, a dream of his. <laughs> <laughs> wow. An very, idea, mate. Very, <laughs> very bad idea. But yeah, I did hear it got criticized a lot and people were paying it out for being like exposition yeah, instead of yeah. inception. Yeah. Um, because that, yeah, that first 20 to 30 minutes is establishing all the rules of dreaming mm. and like the world that they're in and like extraction and dreams within dreams and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, kind of like... Because you pretty much it takes away from like what cinema really is kind of critiqued on is like you pretty much tell the audience what is happening. Yeah, and like basically they always say like, "Oh, show don't tell," mm. but like no one's literally saying asking questions and then just answering them for you. Yeah, but I think that's like really necessary, like to understand it. And yeah, but even so, like it was done in a way that you like you still watch it and you're like yeah. it's so entertaining you, you don't feel like you're listening to someone just like it's give you a lecture yeah, on dreams no, it's constantly yeah. moving like like yeah, as you said they're like walking they're, around yeah, they're walking around they're moving as he's explaining it's cutting it's scenes folding like, the earth in half yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but it's like it's yeah it's crazy and like we're going to all these locations and times and also the characters are asking especially Ariadne who's like being introduced to this um, because she's the like architecture student of mm. Michael Caine's character um She's asking questions that we as the audience are probably asking yeah. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it's exposition that we want yeah. rather than mm. like, oh, this is a table. Like, okay, yeah, we yeah, already yeah. know Blech. that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's not boring explaining. It's like, yeah, yeah. Please so, tell me what's going on. I, yeah, I think <laughs> that, yeah, it's so necessary. Mm. And also the people that say like, oh, I don't get Inception. Like, why not? I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. they, they explain everything yeah. and it's, yeah. You just got to keep watching it. It is quite simple it. to understand even with like the idea being. Yeah. So and when you, re- when you keep rewatching it, you understand it more and more. Mm, for sure. Um, But I love it as well. We start getting introduced to all these different characters. Like we've got um, Cobb, Arthur, Ariadne, Eames, 
all in this like first 20 to 30 minutes, Michael mm. Caine's character. And when I was rewatching it for this, I was like, fuck, this cast is just insane. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so any- funny how Nolan like reuses the same cast for like so many of his Yeah. yeah does anyone know like uh, Michael Caine and Christopher Nolan just really good mates? Yeah. It must be. Because I think, directly he's, after he's this, in his next movie like was Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah, but it's the same thing for um, uh, who's the director did like Pulp Fiction and Tarantino. Yeah, yeah. he does the same thing. Like he always uses Samuel Jackson. Yeah, um, yeah, it works though. Yeah, it yeah. does work. And um, Robert De Niro with uh, Scorsese. And what's mm. his name? That's in um, Inglorious Bastards, and he's in Red Pit. No, but the. Oh, um, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, yeah, Christoph yeah. Waltz. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, there, there are these like collaborations, but um, I love it. I was like, yeah, rewatching it. And Kane is in the movie for what? Like he's, the, yeah. he's two there for scenes? Quite, he's in there for like in like the lecture room and then he's at the end. Like that's yeah. all yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he's so good. Like um, I don't know why I thought this was a good quote, but he's like, Cobb, like go back to reality. And he just like delivers it so well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get... Some amazing visual effects as well, I think, as we've alluded to it, the when Ariadne, they're in Paris, and you don't know that it's a dream yet because yeah. he's like, no, like, how did we get here to this, like, cafe? Mm. And she's like, oh, shit, we're dreaming. And for a movie in 2010, we get all those, like, um, kind of crates yeah, blowing up around yeah. them, mm. and then we get the building bending back on itself, and you're yeah. like, holy shit. Like, did you guys think yeah. the visual effects were really good? Yeah, yeah I thought they were really good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When, I, when I first watched that, I remember, like, you kind of think, oh, yeah, true. Like, like you can't, sometimes when you remember a dream, you kind of remember, like, oh, I don't know how I got there. Like, that's so true. Like, mm. You remember like the end, dreams. you don't remember yeah. the beginning. Yeah, like, it's so weird, but yep. then you actually think about it, like, in your own sort of dreams. Yeah. And mm. it's, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. like, you can tell that's just, like, Nolan going off his own like personal yeah, experience, experience. Yeah. like because that's just well, generally what happens. Mm. Like as a director, you're probably like frothing this sort of like screenplay because it gives you like full range of creativity. Oh, yeah. to just yeah. Yeah. imagine do what you want. Like. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, like, like oh, I, if I want to fold these buildings on each other, like I can do it. Yeah, and yeah. it would still make sense because <laughs> yeah. we're dreaming. Yeah, exactly. A bit of Doctor <laughs> Strange goes. kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anything goes. Also, just r- randomly on the buildings, you know how it like slowly folds back and the scores like building yeah mm. <laughs> there's like because paris has like got those blocks yeah, of like yeah. each block and the end of the block is like coming down and do you always look at that like the small window that like perfectly <laughs> and the matches like, fold onto each other like, it's like yeah. go inside are each you other? just like looking at it waiting for it to like <laughs> yeah, match yeah, yeah perfectly yeah. And, it, and it does and it just hits and you hear like this little noise like it's just yeah it's so satisfying i was like fuck i love that yeah. little like yeah. one second just yeah. on that uh the folding <laughs> oh, the folding of paris that scene where <laughs> Ariadne and Cobb are walking and then they walk from like oh, yeah. the one bit into the other and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah. they lean up. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. I was like, hey, it's just, it's, yeah, it's weird. It looks it's weird. weird. It looks you don't like, like it? I didn't like, I just watched it a couple of times. And I was like, what? like, this is just weird. Like, compared is, to everything yeah. else, that was like my one critique. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah, just quickly as well. It um it won the Academy Award for best visual effects. Oh wow, that not year. surprising. So, yeah, not surprising. Yeah, well That's deserved. Cool. Do you know what its competition was? Uh well, that year was like Social Network, um, which obviously had some good visual effects with Army Hammer being a twin. Mm, true. Um, other than that, like 127 hours. Um, that was all real, by the way. James Franco cut his arm off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Method acting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So visually, I don't think there was too much. But um, 
we'll talk about some other awards that there was a bit of competition for. Mm. Um, I think from there, we then start to get introduced to even more characters. So we get the whole um, introduction of Eames played by Tom Hardy being the forger. Um, and we get that awesome like chase scene where they're kind of going in between all these different restaurants and people are chasing after Cobb. And I'm pretty sure that's the scene where he runs into the alleyway and starts to get like squeezed yeah. into this oh, like yeah. in between two buildings. Whoever made those buildings just yeah. as an architectural Isn't floor. It right Actually, that's, it's a dream. Now that I think about it, that's... That's probably one of my bad parts of the movie. It looks it looks like he can fit through it when they sort of like, but he's like yeah. go behind Just turn your body and slide through. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And he's like wrestling through. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that's the point. So um, I was watching something about this and it's meant to convey how a lot of the time, not a lot of the time, but like nightmares and dreams, there's a lot of like claustrophobia. Mm. Like, mm. and the... Cobb, because they're in a dream and Sato shows up straight after it and knocks some guy over, like, coincidentally. Um, but, yeah, it's meant to symbolise how dreams can be really claustrophobic and you wake up kind of, um, you know, sweating and stuff. Is that a dream? That, that was a dream, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure. No, yeah. it wasn't because he's, wasn't? he's running you... from... Oh, he's running from... Sorry. The... Running? We, don't, we don't know, but, like, they oh, say that they're right. going to Mombasa it's and how does Saito... So that's that's yeah. one of the like sequences where if you look back on it, and obviously the ending is ambiguous, which we'll talk about, but um, that's one of the scenes where it's like, is that evidence that it's a dream or yeah. is it reality? It kind of if when you, if you like, go back and think about it, it, kind of questions the whole like interpretation of the entire movie. Like yeah, some of those little scenes, but yeah, we'll get into that. I'm sure. Yeah, I think like because if you look back on it, like. Is there really going to be these mm. two buildings that are like so yeah. close together and stuff? Mombasa, you never know. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, but yeah, we start to kind of get introduced to even more characters. So we've got um, Yusuf, played by Dilip Rao, who's like, you know, talking about all the sedatives. Yeah, and the chemist. Yeah, the chemist, like talking about all the different layers. Um, and also Ariadne, like learning more and more about it. Yeah. Um, and they go down into that like dream room and there's like, like 20 people all tied up. To oh, like yeah, yeah. One thing. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I was thinking about this, like... There's a cool quote that comes from that scene. Yeah, it's, I got um, it down. It's, yeah. um, do they come here to... Sl-? So Tom Hardy's character goes, do they come here to sleep every day? And then this old guy, like really old dude, is yeah. just like, no, they come here to wake up. The dream is their reality. Yeah, mm. so they've, at, they're That's at a point insane. where like their Limbo. dreaming has become... Yep. Just what they used to. Which touches on the whole limbo topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty crazy. Um, But yeah, I think it's such a satisfying sequence when we start learning about like the kick as well and Mm. how, you know, the feeling of falling like wakes you up um, and stuff like that. But Which is also very true. I get it is it. true. I get it all the time. Like yeah. I'm literally about to fall asleep and I just, oh, and then back awake <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh it's so good. Um. And it's then, not good. <laughs> no, no, but like, <laughs> sorry, it's so good that Nolan yeah. knows that and, yeah. and you he's know, turned it into something so like, detailed, yeah, like, so specific, yeah. so accurate. Uh, and then the the plot starts to unfold of their plan to extract information from Fisher, which is what Saito wants to do. Um, but I think what is awesome about this is not only is the 
movie about extraction and dreams and all that sort of stuff, all that sort of stuff. But um, Nolan is starting to build Cobb's character as well. Like he can't go home mm-hmm. because and I think at this point in the film, all we hear is um, a phone call to his kids and he's like, oh, mum's not here anymore. Mm. Um, and we start to think about like what, what his story is. Yeah. And then he's like saying how he can't go back home and um, Sato says how he can, you know, grant him freedom if he mm. does this mission successfully. What did you guys think of how it starts to also build his stories? Yeah. I just wanted to quickly touch on <clears throat> one thing I didn't get was that so Michael Caine's character, is he the husband of Mole? <laughs> Isn't Sorry. that cool? <laughs> Sorry, the father of Maul. Father, yeah. Father, yeah, yeah. So oh, like fa- father-in-law. Father in yeah. So, yeah he, so is he um, married to the grandma that's on the phone? That's yes. That's in America? Yes. So why, why is he in Paris? Because she's French and he's probably met the his wife mm. in yeah, Far- <laughs> in, in Paris. <laughs> um, so and and she's looking after the kids while Cobb's away. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, clearly, the grandma does not have any soft spot for Cobb because she's like shaking no. her head, being like, "I don't want to talk to him." Like, I wouldn't yeah. either because yeah. Michael Caine is the dad. Kind of seems like the instigator of the whole in not Inception idea, but the dream sharing idea. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to know a bit more about his character, like. You know, like what actually? Because you don't really understand. Like, is he the guy that got Cobb into this? Like, is he? Mm. What was he like? Was he like 100%. this? But he wasn't like a thief because he says to Cobb, "You know, now you're using this to for um, you know, bad reasons, like for thieving and stuff." So, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I think, you never. Well, they, really... I think they they slightly touched on it. Um, they used dreaming or this sort of dream experiment. Um, in the military. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, in real life. Yeah, in real. Well, like obviously, this is. Probably said in the future. No, no, no. no. <laughs> well, in reality, in the movie, perhaps. Um, but um, wait, is that said in the movie though? Yeah, they yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. They, said oh, they okay. use it in the military use as it like for a training, training tactic. So they can right. like stab and kill Which each is pretty other. Pretty cool. And, yeah. So, yeah. It's, so you get your training, but you're not. I don't know, like physically. You're gonna get yeah. Physically hurt. No, that raises an interesting point. Like, obviously, the movie is so good as a standalone, but I, it would be very interesting to understand the discovery cool. of, mm. of yeah. Yeah. Well, how they started using it and Kane's cool. character. Yeah, because yeah. you never actually know how it comes about. It's kind of just, it's there, and we're kind of yeah. looking at a point further on dream sharing. Yeah. Ah, ah, so we yeah. remember the middle of the dream. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, so maybe. How did we get there? Um, no, that is, that's an awesome part. Mm. Um, we start to slowly unravel the plot to extract um, Fisher's subconscious. Yep. And the movie just starts to kick into fucking eighth gear. Um, we start with... Once they work out all of the sedatives mm. and train and everything, um, we start in the first dream layer, which is Yusuf's dream. Yep. And they're in the like rainy city with the trains. Yeah. Yeah. What do we think about <laughs> on that? On that rain scene, so I funny. thought it was so funny because they're, they're on the plane and that's like, sort of like the first time they go to sleep is on the plane. Yep. Yeah. And um, it's like Sydney. pissing down with rain <laughs> yeah. in, in the city. And... <laughs> And uh, Yusuf gets in the car and it's Arthur and Ames in the car with him. And, and Arthur's like, 
couldn't have pissed before you went under. Yeah. I think it was and funny then, that I realized the second time he like skulls this like champagne. Yeah. Oh, that's and, why. And Ames as well goes, he's like too much free champagne on the yeah. plane. Eh? <laughs> I think it's so good that they throw in these little jokes that yeah, like yeah. not only explain what's happening, but also like just yeah. give a bit of like comic relief. From yeah. It Ames and Arthur's character, like oh, just yeah, the way they're so mm. petty towards each other. It makes yeah. it so funny. Like it's some great one-liners. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's, stuff like, he's so witty. What was it? He was like, it's like, thank you for your contribution, Arthur. Like, yeah, yeah, always yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Your same, condescension is always appreciated. Yeah. That same dream level, I remember, um, they're like fighting off um, Fisher's security, like his subconscious. Mm. And um, Arthur's like, you know, shooting them off with like a like a rifle or something. And then Tom Hardy goes, you shouldn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. And yeah. it's like this massive like grenade launcher. <laughs> yeah. in, like, like, in like his Peaky Blinders yeah, voice. Yeah. Like a British voice. Yeah. 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 So good. I think... Um, one thing as well, like the action scenes are so good. Like yeah. um, they're in the taxi and they're trying to fend off all these like military guys because Fisher's, which is another thing that I think is really cool. Fisher's subconscious has been trained as well. Yeah, it's yeah. been yeah, yeah, you think like… So it's a normal thing. But it it's also a thing, makes yeah. sense. Like it makes sense if that happened in… If you were like a rich, powerful… You, yeah, you, would, you would do that. Like yeah. Yeah. that was something that was actually real. That's yeah. 100% yeah. people would be getting that because… Yeah. Like, Crazy. So it's not like this like one like, you know… My minority group of people who yeah, have like access yeah. to things like this is like a proper thing in their society. Everyone knows yeah, about yeah. It and like, crazy. Yeah. Um, but back to the like action sequences. I don't know why, but it's it's very different. Like, um, he drives the taxi, like squeezes a guy between two cars, yeah. and then like they're flopping all over the ground and stuff. Mm. And I just think it was like a very different. At this point, I think like when you compare it to other action films, like. The sequences were very creative, mm. which we'll talk about. Yeah, I don't think we're all talking, thinking about certain scenes later. But um, yeah, I just thought for that first level, the action sequences start to get um, yeah. really well, different. They're not, they're not like the normal sort of action scenes. Like mm. they're, they're a bit unique. Well, yeah. One thing like I always noticed, especially once they got into this um, dream level, Ariadne always brings up that um, – like she wants to make sure that the people they're killing are actually just projections. Mm. Mm. Like I don't know about you guys, but I heard her say it like three or four times. Like Cobb, um, I know Arthur just like domed someone in the head. She's like, like, what are you doing? And then he's like, it's fine, they're projections. She's like, are you sure? And then they just cut from it and don't come back to it again. I didn't yeah. pick up on that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Like she wizard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Here's where we get complication number one. Within this gunfight, uh, Mr. Sato gets shot. Yeah. Mm. And I love how we start to get these reversals. So mm. not only do they start their plan, but something goes wrong. The rain, now he gets shot, so they've got to go into deeper levels. And, yeah. I, and we just start to like slowly like lose control of the situation. Well, I think you, as an audience, you sort of think like, oh, he's been shot, it's fine. Like he'll just wake up from the dream. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's sweet because… We say earlier in the film, like you just shoot yourself in the head and you wake up. Like, yeah. mm. like when Leo's spinning his totem, which we'll talk about the totems, but like <laughs> he's spinning his totem and he's he's got the gun like holding it next to his head, ready to kill himself mm. if it if it doesn't stop spinning. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then where they're like, it's fine. Like he'll just wake up from the dream. Like we don't really need Saito here. Like it's sweet. Um, and he's like, no. Like we're so heavily sedated that if you die in this dream, you'll drop into limbo, yeah. which is like un unmapped dream space yeah. yeah it's something that you just can't get out of and, and, and Cobb hasn't told anyone this so it's no. like they're all freaking out now like shit if we die yeah like we're like 
<clears throat> he says something like our brains will turn to mush or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's kind of on scene. And they're like, no, it's wait, we'll just stay in this like in this room for a week. And it's mm. like, no, because Fish's brain is Fish's subconscious is militarized. So like, there's just we've like, got way less time now. There's just like troops like surrounding their building. Yeah. So they're you're gonna die. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's on theme with like dreams. Like dreams are very chaotic and they're very random. Like. So going in and all this stuff happening mm. and nothing going to plan is kind of on par with what happens in your own dreams. And yeah. Then, that, yeah that's the other thing. When they're in this like warehouse kind of fending off all the people trying to get in from Fisher's subconscious, um, not only do we have that like kind of hostage situation with Fisher and Browning and they're taunting him into giving them the code, mm. um, but at the same time before that um, – Cobb starts to explain to Ariadne how Maul, you know, started to unravel in limbo and how they'd mm. already been there before. And we get the scene where she plans to kill herself mm. and set up Cobb so that they both kill themselves mm. and, yeah. like, wake up from reality. Yeah. What do you guys think of that scene? Big That's Gone Girl scenes. vibes. My favourite scenes. Yeah. Really big Gone Girl vibes, I think. Like, she just... Thinking like that, setting up, setting the letter to her attorney, saying that she feels threatened and unsafe, and then getting herself like um, certified sane by three separate psychiatrists. Yeah. So there's no way he's getting out of it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's psychotic. It's just yeah. Like, and they're across from the two buildings, and mm. we have this like separation between them. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite scenes as well. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio is just so good in it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he, and That's he, so true. Like I didn't the he, classic Leo yell. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, it's just so good. Like yeah. and, and she's so like calm and like cunning and just like the the quote, like, more no, and just like the way that he plays a husband who's seeing his like wife. Mm. And then the other thing is that when you rewatch that, because later he confesses that he incepted into her mm-hmm. mind the idea of mm-hmm. having yeah. to kill themselves to get out of limbo, yeah, but it yeah. stays with her yeah. when yeah. they actually wake up. That's, That's cool. the thing they talk about. They talk about how planting an, an idea is is sort of the most like… Oh, that's my favourite um, quote. Contagious. Contagious yeah. thing. Like it grows in it's your like mind. Like a virus. You can't, mm. you can't get it out of what your mind. What does he say? He says, what is the most resilient parasite? Highly contagious, and even the smallest seed of an idea can grow, and it can grow to define or to destroy you. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Because so you hear like, that, you hear that at the start when he's talking to Sato, and you don't really think anything of it. Mm. And then when he says it again, I think he's explaining to Ariadne, and then you're like, "Oh shit, this has a, like a lot." Like, yeah, wow, these ideas yeah. can literally corrupt like someone. Yeah, Do you yeah. Think- so he incepted her in limbo, mm. and then came back into reality, and Maul just could not differentiate between. What yeah. her dream was and what her reality was. Well, she yeah. thought her reality was limbo. Yeah. Do you think that so- that's one of the first times that they're going into the dreamscape? Because I feel like if you'd been into the dreamscape before, you'd know that killing yourself just gets you out of it. No, I think I think like they'd been doing it for a while and they're probably like kind of addicted to it. Because mm. yeah. you see that with Ariadne, like she goes into the dream, she's like, nah, fuck this. I don't want to be a part of this. And yeah, she comes back a day later, and it's like I knew you'd be back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because yeah, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like addicting. You like you can't, you don't want to live in reality anymore because of the possibilities of the dream space. Yeah, mm. I feel like Ariadne is like a, a young cob. Like mm. if we had a sequel to this, I reckon it'd be you know about her like kind of being addicted to the dreams and then I don't know, get stuck in her own limbo or something. All right, 
Then we get to the second layer, which is Arthur's dream level. And we're in that kind of corporate building. And in this level, Cobb goes up to Fisher at the bar and starts to um, tell him that he's dreaming and that... The Mr. Charles ploy. Yes. Yes. And that... Cool scene. um, There are other people trying to infect... Invade his mind. And he's like the head of his security in yeah. the dream space. And we get those scenes where he's like, oh, like why is the weather, um, you know, acting all yeah, weird yeah, yeah. and why is everyone looking at us? Like, and the and gravity I just, and… Yeah, I just thought that was so, so cool. For that, Nolan actually used like this real set and like it was like sh- a shifting set so that pe- the actors actually had to like hold on. So, like, oh, really? so the actual like glasses were like stuck to the table but… How the water you can kind of see is like on an angle. Yeah, that's real. Like people, they're actually yeah. Like slanted. Yeah, he did yeah. that a lot. Yeah. He did yeah. that a lot in the same in the zero gravity scene where Arthur's fighting in the hallway. In the hallway, it was like a rotating mm. scene. Yeah, and they got suspended in the middle of it and kind of had to hover yeah. through it. And even yeah. the one where he's got like the fight choreography and the and the whole hall spinning because yeah. in the first dream space the van's like rolling. Yeah. yeah. So the whole the whole hallway is spinning and he's like on the walls and he's on the mm. ceiling yeah. and he's all connected. And it's so crazy. It's fucked How, yeah, I read that I read yeah. that it took them three weeks to film that whole sort yeah. of sequence. Yeah. Like five hundred staff members or something. And then yeah. um Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Joseph Gordon-Levitt said it was like the most grueling experience he's ever yeah. had. And he said he only used his um, stunt double once. So really? Yeah. He sort of like got really involved Weapon. with it. Yeah. 
Well, I th- like while we're talking about it, I think that is one of the most iconic fight scenes in movie history. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like he's like like you know um, running across the walls and like they go up on, on the on the um, ceiling and stuff and they fight. Like it's so cool. And they go into the room and like it's just yeah, it just keeps like spinning around. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Except for like space movies, there's nothing else that's kind of like you don't really see any fight scenes similar to that. No, and I don't know why, but when I was younger. Um and first sort of seeing Inception, me and my brothers would always laugh. The, so the van stops rolling and Arthur like jumps off the bed, gets the gun and the guy dives at him and he shoots him midair and then oh, his, yeah. his corpse just like rolls through a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a link and it just slides towards yeah. him like along the ground. Just like making eye contact with this dude he just killed. <laughs> and we used to always like piss ourselves laughing at just his like corpse. It's, yeah. it's probably really at, at sick the, to say at that. The same, at the same point in that thing, talking about the van stopping rolling, like Yusuf is driving the van and he, he like rolls it and he like lands it and he's everyone's sweet, but he turns around to everyone in the thing and he's like, he's like, did you guys see that? And they're all asleep in the back of the van. Oh, he's like, so oh, good. Fuck. So good. Yeah. Such a good scene. Um, and then uh, they get Browning in and he's kind of saying how, talking about the will of uh, Fisher's father. And the plot just keeps unraveling. Mm. And um, just before that, I thought this was a, a, it's like a funny scene where Arthur and Ariadne are like watching the whole, um, what's his name? Mr. Green. Mr. Charles. Mr. Charles. And uh, the subconscious of Fisher is starting to realize like, or look for who's, who's like infecting their dream. Isn't it weird? Like every time that Leo and, um, Fisher are talking, Cobb and Fisher. Um, like there's always certain points where the subconscious just like shifts their head like really rapidly. Just yeah. And just yeah. stares. And then yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And then he starts like talking again and then they look yeah. away. Yeah. I think he says like you're dreaming. Like when he says that and then like all the subconscious like turn and look mm. and then they go away. But yeah, when when what's um Arthur and Ariadne kiss. <laughs> yeah. He's like, quick, quick, give me a kiss. Yeah. And, and it's like it was just for nothing. Like <laughs> yeah. we just want to have oh. a smooch. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, wait, but they're still looking at it. he's like, oh, it was worth a shot. Yeah. Just yeah. Funny. Tell she was like, oh, like But then she starts like smiling. Cheek, cheek yeah. smile. Yeah. Um that was a good little it scene. Reminds me of the like Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson yeah. kiss when they're in um Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, They're yeah, on yeah. the elevator. No? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you don't remember? And she's like, oh, like uh, public quick, affection quick, quick, is, me, like, is like really distracting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah good little lighthearted scene. Uh, then they have to go into Browning's dream, but they're really going into Fisher's. Um, and we go into the snow facility, mm-hmm. which I just thought like, because at the start of it, we get this huge like mountain kind of landscape shots. Mm. And... Some of those like setting shots were just amazing to look at. I thought. Where was that yeah. set? Does anyone know? I'm not no. too sure. I'm not sure, but I know they built like that set into the mountain. Yeah, they built. They built. Well, obviously it was smaller, like, but they built yeah. the whole like snow facility. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I saw that, and then they just yeah. surrounded by green screens. So like, still a real set. Yeah. But, like yeah. enhanced by CGI. Yeah. Mm. I, and I think um when I was rewatching this, I just thought the cinematography. And you think about the whole movie, cinematography is just amazing. And it's Wally Feister who did like Memento, Insomnia, Dark Knight Trilogy, Moneyball. I just mm. thought the style of it was just amazing to look at. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's pretty incredible. It's all very classy. Very classy. Yeah. It's going yeah. on the snow things quite very dreamy. Yeah. Dare I say. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think uh when we start to get the ski chase, they all break <laughs> off into different segments. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? I I thought it was good. Just going back on the point of people dying and you finding it funny, Michael. Um, <laughs> just when like the chasers get shot or something or they go off a jump and just absolutely stack it <laughs> on the skis. And it's the same thing. They stack just limp and just cark it down the hill. Yeah. <laughs> and Ames and Sato have like the rope between yeah, all the yeah, trees yeah, and yeah, you just yeah. get these people axing themselves. It's like Star Wars, like, you know, when they have like the um the speeders. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, but... The, the plot starts to build up even faster because uh, Yusuf's driven off the bridge now. Yeah. And mm. he's playing the kick music. Yeah. Um, the dream is collapsing. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, there's still like 30 minutes left of the movie, but mm. you're just at the absolute edge of your seat, yeah. like you said. Mm. I reckon as soon as they, he drives off um, the bridge, everything that comes after that like is literally just like – I don't know, some of the best cinema yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's so good because you keep, like, cutting back to the van. And you're like, oh, shit, like, they're almost at the water. <laughs> but then, like... But it's happening in, like, a diff- like Yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. times different in yeah. each subsequent yeah. layer. Yeah. So um, that was probably one of my favourite sort of sequences is the whole, like, all the kicks lining up. Between yeah. All yeah. The yeah. Different yeah. Um, so you got, like, the van free-falling off the bridge. you got the elevator um, sort of free-falling as well and then exploding. Yeah. You've got the whole like snow facility collapsing on itself. Mm. And then obviously when they go into limbo, you've got um, limbo like dissipating mm. with the yeah. storm. Mm. One yeah. thing I did um, notice with the, in that sequence was when before they go in and they're talking about the time between each layer, they're saying like you can get stuck in the third level for like 10 years or something if that's yeah, 10 it's hours. Like, it's like one week in the first. Yeah. Or is like it like six months in the six second months in the and second, then like 10, 10 years, years mm. which was in the weird. third. Because when they're at the snow facility, I think it was like falling off the bridge was like 10 seconds in that real yeah. time. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, so it's 30 minutes in that one. And then 60 minutes in the last one. I was like. Yeah. Just, so I I was like, what? I picked up on this. So I think it was 10 seconds from the bridge to the water. Mm. And then it was meant to be like like a couple of minutes yeah, for in, the, in the second one. Mm. And then it was going to be like way longer in the next one. Mm. Yeah. And then. He, it was like he said like three minutes or something, yeah. and then l- later Leo's like, "Oh yeah, a couple minutes left." It's like, what wasn't it just like three yeah. minutes, like ten minutes ago? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Gordon um, does all this stuff, like gets him in the elevator, yeah, flying through the air and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but plot thickens yet again because mm. Maul shows up yeah, and Cobb 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 can't shoot her, and she shoots uh, Fisher. Fisher. Yeah. yeah. This, I think it takes it back to what you said before about <coughs> um, Cobb's character being so, like, sort of internally conflicted. Yeah. And, um, like, he's got so many sort of, like, weaknesses in his, in his subconscious with the death of his wife. Like, yeah. more, they talk about it how, like, you can't control your subconscious. So um, Cobb can never really get rid of more out of his yep. out of his dream space. So yeah. she's always there. And she always keeps popping up in all these dreams. But, like, he um, still kind of thinks... Like he's holding on to the fact that like she could be real in some weird way. Like yeah. he's like, I yeah. don't want to kill her. Like because then, he he's got her like in a prison in his subconscious. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The dream. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got like an elevator, an elevator, yeah, like, yeah. hotel, and the different memories oh, on each yeah. side. Like, Dude, that 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 we I don't think we touched on it, but that scene, the elevator scene, yeah, where Mariadne goes into Cobb's uh, mind when he's dreaming. 
I remember when I first watched Inception, I was like 11 or 12. That scene scared the yes. shit out of <laughs> when me. She's, when she steps on the glass yeah. and then Maul turns like, yeah. what are you doing here? Dude, that scared me last yeah. night. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. this big, hmm, like this big, like on the soundtrack. And I was yeah. like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it was like really suspenseful and like, yeah. it's like a little jump scare. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 She's, just, she's like a scary character. Yeah, very scary. Very. Yeah. Well, because the other thing is that when Cobb is, he's got the sniper and... Uh, Ariadne is like, no, she's just a projection. She's not real. And Cobb says, like, are you sure? Yeah. And he just like instantly gets like Mm. sucked back into this, like, is she real? Is she not real? So it's crazy that he can still be Mm. this insane, like, expert at dreamscape, but like still be conflicted. Just like what I said before. (laughs) What did you say before? About Ariadne and the projections. Yeah, sorry, yes. <laughs> um, it's all right, whatever. But so Fisher dies and they think that it's all over. And Eames is like, all right, well, I thought we were really going to get that. Mm. But Ariadne is the one who's like, no, let's go another level down yeah. into yeah. limbo. She's an yeah. addict, dream addict. Dream addict. <laughs> dream addict. <laughs> She's a junkie. Um, <laughs> she just wants to share, that's all. What do we think when they go down to uh, limbo and oh, confront so cool. So Very cool. fitting. Yeah, I think it's cool, but I don't, I, I don't think it's it's explored enough as it should be. I think it's yeah. weird that they… Like there's probably only like a 10 to 15 minute scene of them in limbo and it's… Cause to, well, because he confesses that he incepted into her mind yeah. and he caused… Or he thinks he caused her… Because they went into Cobb's… Yeah. They went, went into Cobb's dream, didn't they? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. um, th- yeah it's, it's fitting that the whole world's collapsing and… Yeah. Obviously, the… Reiteration of waking up on the shore in limbo. Um, but it's very fitting that the whole scape that he's built is coming down. Yeah. Just as the mission's coming down. Mm. 100%. And like when he's talking to Maul in like their house and um, he's kind of like, yeah, he's, he is explaining how it was him that caused the idea of in, like her that, um, you know, she's still dreaming and to wake up and then she's in limbo. It's like there's like a really good score, like it's suspenseful. It's like building up to this thing, and it's like a real like like sort of change of events. Like we don't mm. really understand like Cobbers. Like we, we think he's like a good guy. Like he's just trying to help his wife, and then he says this. And you're like, oh shit! Like he's actually like that's kind of messed up. Like yeah, he yeah. literally just like he basically like killed his wife. Like he planted this idea that corrupted her. Yeah, I think he did it in a sense of like in love. Yeah, to get like, you out of yeah. Like, back to reality because I'd been there for fifty this, years. This is why he's like touches on the whole like. The idea is like the most contagious virus or mm. whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Can't get rid of it. Yeah. yeah, I think just watching that scene, it's crazy to think that uh, Leo's character Cobb is this guy who's probably lived like a hundred years in like the dream yeah. space mm. and like done all these things, and you just think of like how much experience he has as like a human. Yeah, it's crazy to. Think I was going to ask like how. So what I didn't quite understand. So like when they're in limbo their minds are like really, really old. But when they wake up, they haven't really aged at all. Is that how it works? Yeah, because yeah, they ha- they've, they've only been asleep for yeah, yeah. a couple yeah. hours or something. Yeah. What were they? They were in limbo for 50 years. So yeah. like I don't know. Hour, I don't know. A few hours. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. your mind's working so rapidly. So like when they wake up. So they've they, lived a whole is there, life. Is there like their, their brain, brain is aged is like, 50 yeah. years. But well, I don't. Because they say that you wake up and it's like old souls in in. Obviously, yeah, yeah, like yeah, your brain's yeah. not aged fifty years, but it's like your, your soul lived, consciousness yeah, is your consciousness. aged. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, they end up getting Fisher out of there, but at the same time, Saito's died. So 
Cobb needs to stay there and find him again, Mm -hmm. which loops back to the start of the film with him being really old. But I thought the scene where Fisher wakes up and the score is just like building so hard and he finally gets into the vault to talk to his dad and he's like, oh, like you were disappointed. And he's like, no, I was disappointed that you tried to like be me. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, in that scene, like Killian Murphy is just oh, so incredible. Good. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, so cool. Like, you don't, you don't really see much of Killian Murphy's acting until like that scene, and it really all comes to show. Like, mm. it's pretty cool. I really yeah. like it that um, the idea of bringing uh, Fisher onto their team. I like, I think it gives Killian a, a good a good stage to mm. perform on a bit more, and he, as you said, does a really good job, yeah. especially yeah. at the end there. And yeah, I think it amplifies his character because he opens up the safe next to the bedside table, and inside was like a spinning wheel. Yeah, and so from the photo, yeah, really, he just like cherishes his His relationship with his father. Yeah, and he didn't know that. It's so cool, and how you can like kind of and you kind of understand like yeah, like if you saw this, like if you were in his situation, and like you kind of think about it, like yeah, like this is going to like sort of kickstart his own like idea that. Oh yeah, this is this is like meaningful to me. Like this mm. is what I want to do. Like then he goes obviously and like changes the company to yeah. Well, it's all through like Eames. Like Eames kind of starts it with the conversation with Browning when they're talking about his relationship with the dad, and I think yeah. he says like, "Oh, like his relationship with his dad is like more fucked up than we thought it was going to be." Yeah, and Cobb's like, "Oh, that's good. That makes the catharsis even better." Mm. And then yeah. that photo, he has the spin thing, and then puts it in there, and it's just like a. Tipping point almost. Yeah. yeah. Every level of the dream, they kind of um, are reiterating that um, uh, Fisher is has this like broken relationship with his dad and that he needs to kind of be his own man. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, and yeah, the scene is just incredible. And Cobb then finds Sato and convinces him to wake up. Yeah. And we yeah. get that. It's almost like, it's almost like, um, like you reconciled his his like prime mistake with Maul. So like he couldn't fully convince Maul that yeah. Limbo was a he lets go dream. Of her, like, yeah. But but once he's let go of her and he's convinced Saito that it that it is Limbo and he's in a mm. dream, brings him back to reality. Yeah. Yeah. And we I got a question on that. You know how he wakes up in the beach? Like we cut from him being with Maul and then he wakes up in the beach. How does that work? Like how does he just wake up in a beach? And yeah. where, like, where Sato is. Yeah, like, cut, he was in the, from, house. like the storm in the house. Yeah, and he's just like magically on a beach. Like I didn't really get that. That's a good point. Mm. I, don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, guess because it's limbo. It's like limbo's yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. Like, yeah, they say it's like uncontrolled goes, dream space. Yeah. yeah. But you know when he because when he first goes see Sato then, he doesn't actually he can't really remember why he's there. Cause yeah, he, he's a bit yeah, flustered. Yeah, Cobb's like doesn't really understand. Like he's eating like this soup or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's porridge. he eating? Yeah, it's porridge. porridge. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. He's got this yeah. shit all over yeah. his mouth. Yeah. He, looks like a, he looks like a grub. Like, well, he, he's so Sato is so old and yeah. crummy. He's yeah. just like... <laughs> but then it's like, it's like the dialogue's really interesting because like Cobb's like, he's not really like understanding why he's there. He's yeah. like the limbo like, Obviously, he's like turned his brain to mush. So he's kind of like not really sure why he's there. And then they kind of remind each other, mm. oh, yeah, shit, like we are in limbo. Like we need to. Well, oh, there was like that quote that he said. And says. they're saying the same quote. Like we're yeah. going to. Well, like um, you can tell that, men. that Sato's oh, just been sitting you, in this palace for ages, just obviously aging. Whereas mm. like Leo's like so withered and aged. Like he's got like sunburn scars yeah. here. And, yeah. Um, his eyes look really yeah, his weird. His eyes as well. are like super bloodshot. Like he's literally just been. 
looking at the sun for about <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. But um, he's obviously just been searching the uh, yeah. the limbo for – how many years did they specify? Was it like 50 or something? I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think Would have been a long time it, to find him. Yeah. Yeah, true. Because, oh, that's probably – maybe that's why. Well, he's on the beach because he's been trying to find yeah. Soto for ages. Yeah, for like yeah. years, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And is so really does cool? he wake up every day on the beach, do you reckon, in limbo? No, no. He's been like walking around, maybe going to other beaches and right. stuff. Yeah, trying to find him. Yeah. He could be anywhere. Yeah. Is that really cool line? It's like, um, Sato's like, dare you to take a leap of faith or become an old man filled with regret, regret, waiting to die alone. Mm. Yeah. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, and then we get all the uh, kicks of all the different levels and it's just mm-hmm. perfectly edited which I think is something worth noting. Like I thought the editing of this whole movie is insane. Like they yeah. go between places, between dreams, between characters, like, and it never, maybe apart from like a few little um, time things about like, oh, three minutes is like 10 minutes there. Yeah. Mm. But I think the editing was so well done and we see that perfectly here. And just on that, the editor of the movie is Lee Smith, who's mm. Australian. He did all of most of the Nolan films, yeah, right. like Dunkirk, Interstellar. Um, he also did 1917. So I think worth giving him a shout. Did you notice in like um, when um, Tom Hardy's character is studying um, the old, like the um, business and whatever, the old guy, there's like one of the lawyers in there and he's got like a really like thick Australian accent. Yeah. I was like, oh, plug. <laughs> Maybe, <yeah. laughs> Maybe that was him. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get all the kicks up and we wake up on the plane and we're like, did Sato wake up as well? And Cobb's like looking around to all the crew and we start getting obviously the famous time Hans Zimmer song playing yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think with that whole ending sequence, um, there's – I think there's like five or ten words of dialogue spoken in like a good five minutes yeah. span. So yeah. like time Hans Zimmer is obviously like playing over this and it's just like this end sequence where they all wake up on the plane. So don't say anything. Call. Yeah. Michael Caine's the only one that actually speaks. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's just like, welcome home, Mr. Carp. Yeah. yeah. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, he gets through immigration um, and that's like, you're like, oh my God, like he's done it. Sato, Sato's like yeah. dismissed his charges. Yeah. Um, it's all built up to this. Like he gets home um, to the kids. Mm. He like, finally has that sort of like reuniting with his mm. children. Um, but I think like before we get into the the, the last, final, yeah. the final yeah. scene, we got to talk about like the totems that they all have. Yeah. yeah, true. But also just to quickly touch on like you know when they wake when they wake up in the plane, mm. um, you don't actually see Cobb and Sato kill them like shoot themselves. No, yeah, so. You don't. You don't actually really like. I thought about it last night. You don't actually really know like if they're still like that's that's. I think that was like when I watched it the second time. You first realize, oh yeah, maybe they are still dreaming because he looks around when he wakes up and he looks like Cobb looks kind of confused. Like he doesn't yeah. really know like he, if it's real or not. Yeah, mm. like from that instinct, and you don't actually see them kill themselves. So no, they don't. Yeah. Well, he can't yeah. spin his. He can't spin his totem. He doesn't really get a chance to do it because yeah, if he does really it on the plane, time. then yeah, yeah. Fisher's going to know that they're trying to incept him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. he has to go through immigration and he can't be yeah. all sus about it. So. Um, yeah, and I think before we talk about the the ending, um, one thing that was, again, so subtle but so good, yeah, they don't have any dialogue, but they're walking through the um, luggage area, luggage collection, and uh, Cobb and Fisher just 
have a tiny little look at each yeah, other. Yeah. And Cobb's like, I mean, I'm sorry, Fisher's kind of like, oh, who? Yeah. I think I like, dreamt yeah, about yeah, that guy. Yeah, kind like of deja like, vu. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought the, the look on Killian Murphy's face is just like so perfect yeah. as to what has happened. Um, but yeah, he gets home to the family, sees the kids with um, Michael Caine. And I think uh, before we talk about the interpretation, I think what is so good about the character arc is that Cobb before in earlier in the movie would like spin the totem and like have a gun ready to kill himself. Yeah. Mm. Whereas this time he spins it on the table and like walks away to the kids because he doesn't really doesn't care, care anymore. He doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants to be with his, his family. family. He feels yeah. accomplished that yeah. he's, he's got back there and now he's just like, you know, exactly. screw it. But let's quickly talk about it. Man, I it hate ends. It. I hate it. It ends so on the spinning much, top. Yeah. I think it's, I love it, but I hate it. I think he's back in reality. I think he's back in reality I think he as well. Is too. But it then, wobbles at the yeah. very end. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it kind of wobbles. It wobbles, and you're waiting for it to fall, and then it cuts to black. Because when he spins yeah. it in limbo, it kind of just stays it's perfectly steady perfectly the whole spin. time. Yeah. 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 So, what do we think? Well, um, I saw this one video, and it's like um, in all the dream scenes, Cobb has a ring on. Yeah, because and people also think like that's a second totem of Cobb's because it's like that's his connection to Mal and his connection only connection to Mal is in his dreams. Mm. Mm. So when he's in the dream, he has a ring on. But then people have like seen like um, that last scene. He doesn't have a ring on. Ah. I think it's probably because he's finally let go of Maul. And Maybe he's probably yeah. that's probably symbolizing him and the relationship yeah. finally being set free. Almost. Yeah. Mm. I think. Um, I think it's a great way to end and it's one of the famous like movie Mm -hmm. closings, I would say, Mm. Um, because again, it brings us back to the idea of was the entire thing a dream Um, and I think that really speaks to what the hidden meaning of the movie is, which we'll get into. So Inception is really about cinema and its effect on the audience (laughs) because – like dreams, movies are very similar in the sense of like they capture our imagination for a few hours. Yeah. We get plunged into the middle of this story. They never quite start at the start like we talked about yeah. earlier in the episode. And with that, all the different characters are actually people that work within movies. So you've got yeah. Cobb, he's the director of the movie or the yeah. dreams. Mm. You've got Arthur who's the producer because he's kind of making things happen and getting things ready and researching and stuff. Mm-hmm. You've got Ariadne, who's the architect or production designer. Mm. You've got Eames, who's the actor playing someone else, like Browning. Yep. And then you've got Fisher as the audience of yeah. the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, genius. Yeah, and I, I don't, I never picked up on this until like, you know, way more viewings and yeah. only recently. But I think it's incredible to think that that, is really what the movie's about as well as the whole dream yeah. idea and all its complexities. And one question I've got for you guys is, is it really about Nolan? Because... Yeah, I've, I, I have read something about this. Because um, Cobb always wears a suit and looks like lot, Christopher yeah. Nolan, like yeah. slicked back hair. You could argue I think that I read. I think I read somewhere that Christopher yeah. Nolan wrote this part for Leonardo DiCaprio. Really? He oh, didn't really? want anyone else to play it. But like yeah. he started writing it when he was like a kid, so he's like, obviously, this is this is a script that means a lot to him. So maybe yeah. that mm. that there probably is some truth. There's very mm. very obvious parallels between Cobb and, and yeah, Nolan, definitely. for yeah. sure. Um, and like 
what I read was that Nolan, you know, gets very lost in his directing, gets very um can be very very scattered with what he's doing, but then always comes back to it, which is kind of almost like Cobb. Cobb is yeah. very mm. unhinged but very good at what he does. Yeah. yeah. He gets lost he in gets limbo. Lost Nolan. In limbo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nolan's just They're like, right Nolan, now. wake up, man. He's like, no. Maybe Nolan, Nolan has – why he's so good at movies, he has the brain of like an 80-year-old. Like he's been through all this shit so he knows yeah. He knows everything. He knows it all. But yeah, to touch on that like um, Inception being like about a movie, it's like I feel like Nolan like literally made a mo- – like created Inception for the audience. Like mm. the movie is like the dream world and then we're like the subconscious. Like we're filling it with our emotions, our views and stuff. Yeah. And so we're we, talking about it on a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Ten years later, or twelve years later, yeah. oh, I think it's crazy. And this is a bit full circle for me as well. I remember, I remember our like year twelve English essay was about. I think it was about dreams and reality or something. Like the topic was dreams and reality. Mm. And shout out Mr. Ryback, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, um, I want to do like my related text on Inception. He was like, nah, it's fucking shit. Don't do that. No <laughs> like, way. It's too confusing really? to like explain. I was like, what no, do you I want to do it. And then that would have been know, so I good. Some like stupid painting or something. Yeah. yeah. The markers would have seen that and be like, well, this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe you could have been a director if you did that. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Maybe. No, I, I definitely agree. I think um, the movie itself is like a shared dream experience for the audience as well as Fisher. And. We never quite know which scenes are dreams like we talked about, the whole Mombasa building thing and, mm. and the, obviously the ending of it. Um, but I think that's what it's all about. Like you kind of confuse dreams and reality and when you watch a movie, you're like sucked in it for like two mm. to three hours and then you finish it and you're like, oh, like I've got to go to uni and study yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Like, mm. But yeah. yeah, I just think it's crazy to think that not only has he invented this entire like dreaming dream within dreams extraction inception movie thing a movie yeah and then he's got this deeper it's crazy to think yeah. and on that topic do you think it's one of the most creative solo stories i think it's yeah i think it's very unique i've never seen anything quite like it no like no, I think, nothing i think yeah it's obviously action-packed and um especially for know, its like, time like, like yeah grandiose sci-fi like yeah. movie but it's but I don't know, like I've, it's so different to every other sort of like stock mm. standard action. Yeah. It's like the only movie. thing I can like even kind of compare it to is like Interstellar. Yeah. Like yeah. just on a production base. Yeah. Like the theories on time and just the sci-fi, just how, all, all of how it goes, it's kind of the only thing I can compare it to. There's mm. nothing else that takes such a big leap into yeah, leap altered reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think um, it's crazy to think that not only has he invented it all, but he thought, okay, if there was dreams within dreams, like what would people do? They would extract yeah. information. They'd get their brains militarized. Yeah. It's pretty like if you if it, if it was to be real, it's kind of realistic in that sense. Yeah. Like you can kind of see this going down that trajectory. Mm. Yeah, it's insane. But it's also all- like he's – the way – like his ending, like and how he just – he can just create like a finite – like infinite, sorry, number of endings. Um, mm-hmm. Like – you no one really knows like what the ending is. So no. it's like that's just pure creative genius of Nolan's. Like yeah. any like there could be any like possible explanation for yeah. it. And he's also never weighed in on it. He's been asked yeah. so many times in interviews he's, and he's no. he just refuses to answer it. Yeah, good. Which sort of like upholds the sort of ambiguity mm. yeah. of the film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think as well, 
he's able to still develop all these characters like Cobb, Fisher. They all have these journeys within it all. So it's just one of the best. Um, one got a question best. for you all. It's obviously an amazing cast and characters. What was everyone's favorite character? Because I think they're all kind of very different. We talked about all their different roles and they're all awesome in their own way. But what did you guys, if you had to pick one, who would your favorite be? Ames, for sure. I don't know. I just like um, his character and his involvement in it. Like he's pretty critical to the mission, mm. being the, the actor, as you yeah. say, um, being able to turn into you know, different people within yeah. the subconscious. Um, without him, like where would they have gotten? They wouldn't have been able to implement like any of the inception, I guess, yeah. that they were trying mm. to. Like definitely. put the ideas in that Browning was a bad guy, mm. you know, Um yeah, but he's definitely my favorite. Tom Hardy's a goat, so yeah, yeah Tom Hardy's so goat. good. I think, um, yeah, Mr. Sato's a bit of a yeah, I was yeah. or Fisher. They're like the kind yeah. of underappreciated. Sato's a heroes. big character. Like yeah. he's, he plays a pretty key role in the whole story. Absolutely, he's almost, he's almost the. You said Cobb was the director, but you could almost say that Sato. So, yeah, because yeah. maybe he's the like he production company. He introduced. True. Mm. Oh yeah, he's, 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 yeah. he's, yeah. he's, he's yeah. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because he sort of offered this idea of mm. inception to Leo, and yeah, we know later that Leo already sort of incepted someone. But mm. um, yeah, Saito's good. I liked Arthur as well. I thought Arthur, Arthur Arth, sort of like yeah. yeah toned everything down a bit, like mm. level-headed. Yeah, yeah, like he was sort of a bit, a bit of like a introvert sort of um, like builds the dream space, but mm. kind of like a hero almost. Like yeah, a bit like, of a hero. Just like all about the fundamentals of everything and he like yeah. maps everything out for themselves. All the paradoxes and like. Yeah. Mm. It's funny, like his character in Inception kind of relates to his character in Dark Knight. You know how he's like the cop yeah. and he's like trying to yeah. save everyone. Like the really good guy is like trying to like, you know, be the save, like the, like the good guy, like saving everyone. <laughs> he's Robin. Yeah. He's Robin. Robin, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, very good at playing that sort of yeah. character. Um, yeah, I think for me, I think Fisher is probably – the unsung hero. Like mm. I, I love Cobb. Cobb. Cobb's probably my favorite character, mm. but they all just give incredible performances. And I think Killian is just so good in yeah. all the scenes he's in. I agree. I think Killian's, um, sorry, Fisher is probably <coughs> the, the, my favorite character. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, you can't go wrong. They're all amazing. Yeah. And this oh, cast okay. is insane. Yep. Yeah. Um, just to finish up, any bad scenes, if any? Mm. I couldn't think of any except for the one where they walk <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, the, the walk. Now <laughs> you mention that, that's actually so yeah. true. Yeah. It is so yeah. weird. It's just a bit. Fu- it's, just, it's just a bit funny. It's funny like yeah. it's just, I don't know. Obviously, yeah. it's hard to do. You couldn't do it much better. But like, yeah. it feels very CGI mm. compared to the fight scene that Arthur was doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't. I th- I don't think there was any bad parts, but I I wish that they sort of explored the limbo, limbo yeah, world yeah, that's more true. like in terms of Cobb's search for Saito mm. because it's sort of, yeah as you said like it cuts from from the house mm. to the beach to this like getting woken up by the by the um yeah prison guard or mm. whoever or like yeah, just yeah. the security yeah guard. I I guess like the movie had already sort of climaxed yeah. at the um Fisher waking back up and with the father scene so mm. yeah to you know stay in limbo would have maybe dragged it a bit but even even like um, the scenes where it's Cobb and Maul in mm. in their limbo, like they don't really go into depth no. on like how they sort of lived in that world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for sure. it seems like no one, like it seems like you don't need water and you don't get hungry or anything. Obviously, in the dreamscape, 
Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> what? We're all malnourished in this <laughs> <laughs> You see Cobb like eating his porridge. No, yeah. he ate some porridge. That's yeah, the best meal in 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how do they survive? Anywhere, just, like. They just live. They can create whatever they want. Like, yeah. It's not like... Yeah. They just make a, an ice cream like, out of yeah, thin air. Like. A, <laughs> make a subway if you want to. Yeah. Throw a couple of people in there. Yeah. Also, uh, the score. Like, Yeah, we've got to talk about the score. Can we just say the score? Like, Time by Hans Zimmer, like, probably my favorite like score, like movie song of all time. Yeah, I used so to like good. I used to listen to it before, like, before I'd go into a HSE exam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so get actually, pumped like, up. Like, up. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, I've been listening to like um, Interstellar and Inception like soundtracks while I work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it really Sad. makes you feel like you're saving the world. Like, <laughs> you could be doing the Be-bum. most mun- yeah, mundane. Yeah, yeah. You could be doing the most mundane job ever. Time. And you're just sort of yeah. like sitting there and it feels like you're like yeah. working yeah. for NASA or something. It's so <laughs> yeah. good. Nah, so I'm, good. I'm the same. Like, I think Hans Zimmer, this is probably one of his better scores. And he didn't win um, the Academy Award for it because Robbed. Social Network won. Really interesting. Who was the composer for that? Uh, Trent Reznor and someone else. But right. um, tough. It was good, but yeah. tough, tough, tough battle there. But mm. I think yeah, this score is incredible. And I think um, when I was rewatching it for this, there, if you listen back, there are some other songs besides "Time" that are so good. Like the song where that's playing when um, Fisher and his father have that final yeah um, realization is probably up there as well True. and just throughout it's like very different to anything you've heard before yeah. like uses a lot of guitar um yeah. that you don't quite hear about there's obviously the like famous inception sound of like that mm. big like gong sort mm. of thing yeah. yeah fun fact on that so apparently han says um that about the uh all the score he says just for the game of it all the music in the score is subdivisions and multiplications of the tempo of that Edith Piaf track, you know that song that they listen to, the French song that they oh, used yeah. to wake up. Oh, really? So like oh, every yeah, score is just basically well, like a different version of that. Like yeah. he's taken a part of that. <laughs> That's insane. And made it into like all the different like scores throughout the movie. I did not know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's he's a fucked. bloody genius. Bloody wizard. I loved it how the song came into play in like the other layers as well. Like you don't hear yeah. the song, yeah. you just hear like yeah, <laughs> in like the, <laughs> it's yeah. just like rumbling in the sky. Yeah. Like like oh fuck, like, it's yeah, playing. We got three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Could talk about this for hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Inception, Dream Heist, one of the greats. One of the greats. I think, you know, the fact that Nolan made it kind of during the Dark Knight trilogy as well. Mm. It made like $900 million, won a few Academy Awards. Like, just so good. So yeah. original. Days, days work so original. Finished, they finished early and under budget as well. Yeah. Really? Like yeah. how? Like how is that possible? I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's such crazy. like a large he probably, It's yeah, a dream. He probably got dream. so much budget. <laughs> yeah, it's Nolan's dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. All right. So that is a wrap for Inception. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. Huge thank you to Joe, Tom and Alex for coming on the podcast. Good chatting. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Awesome. Thanks no worries. Thank you. As always, please let us know what you want to hear about in future episodes. And if you want to send in a mailbag or do an elevator pitch to me, send us a DM on Instagram or TikTok at Cinemates underscore. Otherwise, we'll catch you for the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates. Make sure to follow us and leave a review on your chosen streaming platforms. Also, check out our Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube channel for more Cinemates content. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge Australia's First Nations people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land and pay respect to the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation upon whose country Cinemates is based. 
We honour the storytelling and culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across Australia. Also, in the spirit of chatting with mates, remember it's always important to check in with those around you. Whether it's friends, family or colleagues, sometimes they may be going through a hard time and chatting with them may reassure them that they aren't alone. If you or anyone you know is ever struggling, call Lifeline on 13 11 14.